just as I am. Welcome to the Gospel Saves Podcast, a program that discusses all matters related to the Christian faith. Please visit thegospelsaves.me. You can also visit The Gospel Saves on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. And Epicurus famously said, death does not concern us because as long as we exist, death is not here. And once it does come, we no longer exist. Epicurus was saying that death is the end. Nothing else awaits. This philosophy led to a widespread sentiment among the Greeks. Live it up while you're alive because one day you will die. Paul, talking to a Greek and Roman audience in 1 Corinthians 15.32, refers to this Epicurean philosophy. If the dead do not rise, let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. If a resurrection from the dead will not happen, as some in Corinth had come to believe, then the Epicurean philosophy is preferable to Christian living. Why sacrifice pleasure in the present? We should not be concerned about the future. The closer we come to death, the more most of us realize how shallow and unfulfilling this philosophy is. Christianity charts out an entirely different course. It proposes that our souls are built to last for eternity, that we intuitively sense the eternal, and that one day we will all give an account for how we have comported ourselves before the throne of God. For the purposes of this study, let's assume that we are eternal and that God will judge us one day. What do we know about God's judgment? Well, let's begin by talking about the characteristics of God as a judge. In Romans chapter 2, verses 2 through 16, Paul describes God's judgment. And the first thing I notice in that passage is God is a merciful judge. Romans 2, 4. Or do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance, and long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance? God's ultimate objective is to lead us to repentance. To repent means to turn away from sin and to turn toward righteousness. He encourages repentance through three divine virtues. His goodness. As Jesus says, God makes his son rise on the evil and on the good. God blesses all of us with good things, even those who hate him. So his goodness leads us to repentance. His forbearance also leads us to repentance. God is willing to put up with our sin for a time in the hopes that we will relent and repent. He is also long-suffering toward us. Our sin deserves immediate punishment, but God delays judgment in order to spur our repentance. So as I think about God as a judge, the first attribute which comes to my mind is his mercy. We deserve punishment, but God withholds punishment and chooses instead to draw us to repentance with goodness, forbearance, and long-suffering. God's judgment is also righteous. In verse 5, Paul refers to the righteous judgment of God. 
God's judgment is righteous because he is, first and foremost, holy, separate from sin. But his judgment is also righteous because his judgment is according to truth. Verse 2, God has revealed his existence through nature and has instilled within us the potential to know him and to know what is right and wrong. He has also revealed himself through the scriptures so that we might know him and what he has done for us more fully and also to understand what he expects from us. These are the standards to which he will hold the human race. While God is love and he does draw us with cords of love to repentance, we should never forget he is holy and he will evaluate our lives by the rubric of divine righteousness. We also learn in this passage that God's judgment is impartial. In Romans chapter 2, verse 11, Paul says, For there is no partiality with God. Many of Paul's fellow Jews believed God would hold them to a different standard than their Gentile neighbor. This, according to Paul, was a false idea. Verses 7 through 10 make it clear that God rewards those who pursue righteousness and punishes those who who pursue wickedness regardless of their nationality. So those Jews who believed that their descent from Abraham excused their bad behavior were gravely mistaken. God does not play favorites. This should be a stern reminder for everyone who serves God. Don't believe for a moment that God will judge Christians and non-Christians by a different standard. God will not be partial to anyone in judgment, even those who believe they have served him faithfully in this life. The final thing I want to notice in Romans chapter 2 is that God's judgment is all-knowing. In Romans 2.16, Paul talks about the day when God will judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ, according to my gospel. We cannot hide anything from God. Even our private thoughts and pursuits will be revealed by the judgment of God. As Paul says in 1 Corinthians 4, 5, Therefore judge nothing before the time until the Lord comes, who will both bring to light the hidden things of darkness and reveal the counsels of the hearts. Then each one's praise will come from God. Because nothing can be or will be hidden from God's judgment, Jesus urges us to pursue purity of heart, to clean out what people can't see so that our lives will be consistent both inwardly and outwardly. As a judge, God is all-knowing, impartial, righteous, and merciful. God will judge our works. Many people emphasize the role of faith in the saving of our souls, and rightly so. In Romans 1.16, Paul says, "'For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ,' For it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. So yes, faith is an important part of our salvation. Without faith, we cannot be saved. But in encouraging everyone to believe in Jesus Christ and thereby receive salvation, let us not overlook this clearly stated fact. God will judge how we live. Or as Paul says in Romans 2.6, God will render to each one according to his deeds. We cannot escape the fact that our works will be judged by God. Jesus says the righteous are separated from the unrighteous on the basis of whether or not they fed the poor, clothed the naked, 
visited the sick, visited those in prison, and the list goes on. Matthew 25, 34 through 36. Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10, that all of us will stand before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. In a proleptic vision of the day of judgment, the apostle John sees the dead, small and great, standing before God, and books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life, and the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. So Jesus, Paul, and John all urge us to conduct our lives in a righteous way because our lives will be evaluated on the basis of our works. And yes, this applies to Christians. Paul says God's wrath is poured out on those who do not obey the truth but obey unrighteousness, Romans 2.8. Remember, God does not show partiality in judgment. He evaluates the lives of everyone according to the same standard. So those who call themselves Christians but pursue unrighteousness will find themselves in a very disappointing position on the day of judgment. How we live matters to God. He will judge us on the basis of our works and welcome us into heaven if we pursue righteousness. God has appointed Jesus to be our judge. Jesus was given this position because he conquered death in Hades by virtue of his resurrection from the dead. In Acts 17, 30 and 31, Paul says to those gathered at the Areopagus, Truly these times of ignorance God overlooked, but now commands all men everywhere to repent because he has appointed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by the man whom he has ordained. He has given assurance of this to all by raising him from the dead. So Jesus will judge everyone on that final day because God raised him from the dead. This is our sign that Jesus is our judge. It's also the sign that he is the Son of God. This is another reason why Jesus will be our judge, because of his divine nature. In John 5, verses 22 and 23, Jesus tells the Jews, For the Father judges no one, but has committed all judgment to the Son, that all should honor the Son just as they honor the Father. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. Because his nature is, in part, divine, Jesus possesses all of the attributes necessary for judgment. He is righteous, he is merciful, he is impartial, he is omniscient. So God has appointed Jesus to be our judge because he is the Son of God and because he is the Son of Man, because of his humanity. There are two passages that help me appreciate Jesus' position. In John 5, 27, Jesus goes on to tell those Jews who were talking with him that God has given Jesus authority to execute judgment also because he is the Son of Man. Also in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15, the writer of Hebrews says, We do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Now Job was a righteous man who had been thrust into an excruciating set of circumstances for no apparent reason. He spends the book talking with his friends about why God would allow these calamities to happen. In this passage, Job expresses his frustration over the distance between himself and God and how no one can bridge the gulf between lowly humanity and the glorious divine. 
Jesus is God's solution to this dilemma. As both the Son of Man and the Son of God, he touches both the mortal and immortal. And consequently, he becomes the best qualified to judge creation. His humanity makes Jesus uniquely qualified to judge us because he has experienced temptation firsthand and successfully resisted it. Thus, God gives us a sympathetic and righteous judge, one who can relate to our experiences while at the same time holding us accountable to those standards which cannot be compromised. Thanks for listening to the Gospel Saves podcast. If you found this program useful, please visit thegospelsaves.me to find blogs, videos, and Bible studies. If you enjoyed the music on this podcast, please visit acapeldridge.com. You can also find Acapeldridge on Apple Music, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube, and Facebook. May God bless you as you seek to know His perfect will. Oh,